Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, posting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, legendary NBA analyst Andrew Bruce, who is guaranteed to make a 100% accurate, foolproof prediction of who will win the NBA championship Bet every single dollar you have. Borrow money from friends and family. Trust me, it'll all be worth it when Andrew Gruce tells you who will win the championship. I think it's got to be the Warriors, right? I would assume it's not going to be. Really? Yeah. So you take the field over the Warriors? I would take the Rockets over the Warriors. Wow. Bearing in mind, I have not watched any NBA games this year. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know. It's always a question of like how predetermined you think the playoffs are going to be and if you can always get to yeah we think the conference finals are going to be uh cleveland and toronto maybe this year are the the two favorites in the east although the 76ers have been on a roll and on the west you're going to look at the warriors and the rockets as the prohibitive favorites yeah but i don't know it does seem like the east is somewhat of a toss-up this year yeah the east is it's funny how no matter how many times we do this and it seems to start off differently it kind of ends up once again with the two or three teams that we thought were good at the top of the the season in the west are the two or three teams in the west and then the east is a a flawed cleveland team with the championship level ceiling and a bunch of people who if you had to bet your life on it you would not guess would beat lebron yeah that's accurate and here we are again but i guess the question is as you the regular season having just ended a couple days ago before the playoffs kick off, are there any surprise playoff teams in either conference? Well, maybe you're going to have to tell me who the playoff teams are first, and I'll tell you if I'm surprised. I would say that there are three potential surprise teams. Okay. Our own L.A. Clippers didn't make the playoffs. That's not surprising once, once Blake was gone. Denver? That's not surprising when you consider that there were – there was this glut of teams from three or four all the way down to nine or ten, and somebody was going to be on the outside looking in. If you'd asked me to pick one, Denver would have been on my short list of contenders. So I think those are the only two teams in the Western Conference. I mean, with Memphis having fallen off with Conley's injury, mm-hmm. well, I mean, they, they who, weren't who a knows, surprise. Yeah, who knows how legit they were, even if everybody had stayed healthy this year. And then on the Eastern Conference, one, maybe two teams disappointed to not make the playoffs. Detroit, after having traded for Blake, Probably expected to make a push for that eight or seven seed in the East. Never materialized. Yeah, right. They're the team that decided it was okay to be. I feel like the uh, the Bucks had the reputation, and at least their owner felt like championships would be great. Of course, but as long as you guys are going to the playoffs and we're getting some, you know, some playoff, maybe two rounds, we'll settle for that because you know what your ceiling is with Blake Griffin as your cornerstone player, and they didn't even get to anywhere near that ceiling. And now you've got him for four years at 25, 26, 27 million to go with Drummond and yeah. with the NBA moving away from two big guys. And Blake can shoot a little bit, but it's tough if it's going to be Reggie Jackson, Drummond, 
and Blake as your cornerstone three guys. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I feel like Blake can shoot a lot, and he's durable as all hell. And you've seen more Clippers games than I have. I have. Were you impressed with Blake at the time? I mean, the answer, oh, I, yes, actually I know you make jokes about like how healthy he is. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I did not see him play with the Clippers this year. I've seen them play a couple times post, and uh, man, it's. They're just the whole team is Austin Rivers now. He is the personality of the entire team, which is where you hate him and you laugh at him, but you got to kill him to make him go away. Yeah, the Clippers true. are the are Austin Rivers and and vice versa. And then the and, other, and, and honestly, yeah. when it comes down to it, when they're playing another mediocre team uh, that may or may not get the eighth or the seventh seed in the Western Conference in, in the playoffs, and Austin Rivers is taking is trying to shoot the dagger with 30 seconds left, you don't feel comfortable because you know he can make it, too. That's true. So the Clippers a disappointment. Detroit a disappointment. Do you include Charlotte having added Dwight back to the fold no. with Kemba and Batum? As no. a playoff disappointment to not no. make it. No, he was always just window dressing. Was did did Charlotte think that when they got Dwight Howard that that made them good? I think they would have thought they could sneak in at six, seven, eight. I mean, nobody expected yeah. Indiana to be as good as they were this year, Mm-mm. and I think there everybody thought Philadelphia was a year or two away. Right, but for them to jump for Philly to jump up to the three seed is incredible. Yes, but for the fact that it's not a stacked conference, but yeah. Not yeah, a stack yeah, conference, right? Not a stack conference, but not going, all three. Not all three seeds are created equal, but yes, absolutely. Going into the playoffs with Embiid, now he's going to be out game one with the the facial fracture, but sixteen wins in a row. Fultz is playing. They won some, sixteen to win the season. Yeah, wow. Fifty-two wins on the season. That's Two more than good. Cleveland. Yeah, I knew that they won fifty games. I didn't know that they won sixteen. And wow, cool, good for them. And so Embiid's out, but you've got a. Philadelphia, so if we want to look at the matchups, first is a three-seed Philadelphia versus the six-seed Miami Heat. Right. A lot of people think that's the worst matchup for the Heat because when Embiid comes back, they view Whiteside, even though he's been disgruntled and clamoring for more minutes from the Heat and doesn't like being taken out. Is Hassan Whiteside ever gruntled? No, always disgruntled. Are we clear on that? Yeah. But he he can also, he's athletic enough to guard Embiid. And he can switch off to guard a Ben Simmons type player. And he didn't start fucking off once he got the contract. He's still been playing well. Yeah, but they take him out a lot and they go super small. Mm-hmm. And with Dwayne Wade and some of the younger guys that they have on that team, Justice Winslow, they haven't seen a need for Whiteside to get big minutes and he's been benched. Still a super athletic shot blocking type center that can match up with some of Philly's bigs. Yeah. So what's the question i feel like it's good that they have him when they play Embiid. no it, it, it is good and that's the a lot of the nba analysts think that is a potential upset that miami could upset philadelphia oh, so that's a bad matchup that's a bad matchup for philadelphia. they think it's the worst matchup for philadelphia. oh i see i thought you were saying the opposite okay yeah maybe philadelphia in general i've been thinking about has there ever been a team like this because they're w- with where they might be in two, three, five years, I don't think there's ever been a team with a greater degree of possible variation. Because if I told you that a year from now, Embiid, Simmons, and Fultz were, along with you know Saric and whatever else they put in there, they, got, all, they got max cap room to add. The yeah. whole thing is like, yeah, we could add LeBron if you wanted to play here next year. Right. If I told you that they were just unbeatable, that they were the new Warriors, 
I don't want to say better than the Warriors, but just, you know, sky is the, the NBA sky is the limit for them. You would believe that, but also if I told you that three years from now, Embiid wasn't capable of playing another NBA minute and Fultz never actually developed a, a shoulder and Ben Simmons never ever developed a shot. And so therefore they had one flawed superstar and two nothings. You would totally believe that. Yeah, I would. I guess the comparison and the players aren't apples to apples, but if you look at what OKC was before they traded Harden, you had some injury concerns with Durant and his foot. No one knew, okay, if Harden steps into a starting role or is a premier player, does he average 28, 8, and 4, whatever he's averaging now for, for Houston? Right. And there were always questions Westbrook coming out. He wasn't lauded as the next generational point guard. So maybe you look at at what Oklahoma City did and jumping on the scene a couple years early. Now the team fell apart because of salary cap concerns, questions over how they could share the ball. I don't think you have those same concerns as of yet with Philadelphia. Right. I think they believe Simmons is a much better distributor and Fultz doesn't need the ball necessarily to he doesn't need to dribble 90% of the time he can move and find spots so we'll see what happens with them yeah it's different with with OKC Harden and Westbrook were going to be redundant and it was kind of remarkable you could argue that Durant and Westbrook were redundant because they never really worked out a fluid offense between the two yeah. of them they just kind of took turns with the the ball it made sense to to me to pick between Westbrook and Harden and try to flip one for the complement of guys you'd put around the remaining two, they may well have picked the wrong guy, and they obviously got the wrong haul. If that was the best haul on the table, then you should have sat on hard. I mean, obviously, history says that you should not have made right. that hardened trade, if any hardened trade at all. It's just a little bit different because Durant, okay, foot issues, if he's the Embiid in this, Embiid has got quite a bit more than a sore foot, you know? And, and, and all three of the guys were talking about, okay, we did not know if Harden could do, he was... Uh, emerged in he was like the breakout supporting actor of the, whatever the playoffs were that year yep. whereas the sixth man he just did his dopey James Harden thing where he do, he drove into the lane held the ball out in front of him with two hands and somehow got fouled every single time and it was infuriating but it definitely seemed like potential one trick pony you know some instant offense off the bench kind of guy who I didn't know that he was capable of this kind of stuff but you didn't know that he was capable of shouldering a heavy scoring load under pressure you knew that about Durant you kind of knew that about Westbrook it's not clear again if Embiid has a working NBA body if Ben Simmons will ever have a working NBA shot if Markel Fultz will ever have a working NBA shoulder but it's just fun watching Simmons is probably the most exciting player I've watched this season he's the surest of the three for sure and he's so long and so quick it's Giannis kind of a Jace a little bit and it's it's more he's so much of a better passer than Giannis, but there's similarities in terms of their ability to take one dribble from half court and be dunking the ball. Yeah. Now Simmons is just as likely to drop off behind the back pass to some man in the corner, but man, they are exciting. The question is, so they get the regardless of what happens in this year's playoffs with them, they're likely to get Sacramento's pick this year if it's not two through five. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think it's uh, Boston's pick. Whatever the, the – conv- it's, uh, yeah. it's the Lakers pick um, as long as it's not two through five. Let me know when to get the pick. But they've got free – like a ton of free money to throw around, and it's just like do you build around those three or do you try to add LeBron to your team? 
Or can you just try to get J.J. Reddick's been really good in his role for the 76ers in mm-hmm. terms of spotting up and, and hitting shots and trying to to draw the defense out to allow Simmons and Embiid more space to to drive and, and score. I love the idea if they can add a couple more shooters. Right. Well, it sounds like there's no wrong answer. LeBron is not going to sign a five-year deal with anybody anyway. So whatever you're doing... You're basic. Aren't you still just waiting? And you're you, you have the luxury of trying some shit out around those guys. The the last thing you'd want to do is to you don't want to co- stunt their growth. Is to commit is, is to commit is like, to to build the in, like a microwave the rest of the team around them and and paint yourself into a corner. There's just no reason to do that while these guys are on rookie deals, except for Embiid, I guess. Right. It's just could you add a Paul George type player? Right who may stunt the growth of those three kind of young cornerstones. Yeah. But maybe raise the ceiling a little bit. Why would he necessarily, now Paul George to pick that name out, why would he necessarily do that? We project a lot onto these guys where as soon as he went to OKC, oh, perfect second, you know, he's a Scottie Pippen. He'll be whatever you need him to be. Well, maybe Paul George is like, yes, I can be that person, but I don't, that's not, that's not exactly how I view myself. The Paul George that the media has presented us in small capsule, bite-sized form, that guy seems like he would be great growing up with this team and when they hit their prime he's on the tail end of his and he doesn't mind if he's the fourth option if that's who paul george is then fuck yeah i'm just not sure that a superstar like paul george is willing to be yeah let me not be the first or second exactly. option, or even the third option right. on this team yet and i don't know if there's another player i mean we've seen guys like Dwayne wade go to chicago and then cleveland and not really work as fourth fifth options well that wasn't Dwayne wade anymore He's, he hasn't looked bad in, in Miami since he got traded there and, and is kind of like the second or third option now. It just seems like how do you add to a team like well, Philly? Well, he didn't have a lot of wear in Cleveland, right? Because full Dwayne Wade for full season, full minutes, and playoffs, that's not going to be Dwayne Wade anymore, is it? No, that's true. It's just how do you add to a team like Philly without hurting the potential growth for those guys? Well, I think you just – the I don't know the answer to that. I just know that the way that I would frame – the question to myself if I were running them is trying to time it around their primes. Yeah. Getting guys who are in their prime right now doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But then I guess the counter argument to that, what you're saying is if you're already a three seed who nobody would be shocked. They would not shock the world if they won the Eastern Conference this not year. Not at all. No. Yeah. And it, they have just as much, if not more, talent than the two teams ahead of them, mm-hmm. one of which, Boston faces Milwaukee and is missing Kyrie and Gordon. And so it's going to be a, a, a toss up there. Now, a lot of people think Brad Stevens is one of the top two or three coaches in the whole NBA and, and that the Celtics will advance anyway, regardless of the injuries, just because once you take away Giannis, there's not a whole lot there for the Bucks, And so the Doesn't Celtics like can, can make it through relying on Tatum and Rozier. And if Marcus Smart comes back and Al Horford, I don't know. I once like I'm looking at a lot of these Eastern Conference other than Cleveland, Indiana, which I think is a cakewalk for Cleveland. I could see the uh Yeah, I just hope Oladipo represents himself well. That's like the only thing I have to say about that series is is I hope Oladipo goes down looking like a you know, like a, is the last man standing, just goes down fighting. I think that's the expectation. Right. Yeah, Lance Stevenson will be fun. 
tormenting LeBron for a couple games. And Dad, I'm, I'm really tired of that movie. You don't, you don't like the blowing in his ear? And I actually liked it when it happened, but I hate that that is now his... Like, he's on his third tour with the Pacers, and yeah. it's like the third time he's going to maybe blow in his ear or, or you know tickle his ball sack or something, and I'm, I'm a little bit tired. There's not enough meat to Lance Stevenson at this point to back up the sizzle. Well, the I mean, I don't know if you saw the highlight from the last game of the season. I think he blocked, I think it was Dwight Howard. Blocked a dunk from Dwight Howard, started celebrating <laughs> to the crowd as the ball goes off the backboard to one of Dwight's teammates who then follows it up with a dunk as Lance is jawing at the baseline crowd. Very kind of speaks to the career of Lance Stevenson. Yeah, it sort of epitomizes yeah. it. Uh, so Boston and Milwaukee. Okay, Boston and Milwaukee. So Milwaukee seem very similar at this point to where the Cavs were with LeBron his first time around, right? They're desperately trying to build the team that that allows Giannis to flourish and, more importantly, ensures he doesn't leave, and it seems like they are failing at that. That doesn't seem like a coherent team, and they don't... Like, okay, Boston is a team that does not is not going to be putting out you know, one through five, one through 12, the kind of roster that you would expect to compete for a championship, but you'd expect that they will play up to their ceiling. Right. Milwaukee is putting out a team that is not championship caliber, that is also not playing anywhere near the potential of the the pieces. That's a criticism. And the, the hope that Eric Bledsoe coming over from being in a place in Phoenix where he wasn't able to do a lot and with Devin Booker kind of taking the reins of the offense, that... Bledsoe would be the second fiddle to Giannis, just hasn't really come through. Jabari Parker looks good, but he's still like the sixth man on that team. Thon Maker, tall, great, nothing special. I don't know if you keep Giannis, especially if it's a first-round exit to a Boston team that's missing as many players. Right. I believe all these guys, when they say that it's, it's the only— I think human beings, for the most— the majority of human beings, like, prefer— what they know to the unknown. And I think that these organizations are obviously not stupid. And when they draft somebody who could be a foundational superstar, they treat them as such. And so these guys, I think they would like for their life to be easy and to never go anywhere. And to, you know, obviously you'd prefer your life to be easy and you never go anywhere having been drafted into Los Angeles or Miami, not so much Milwaukee if you're from Greece. But I really do believe that the the edge goes to the home team that drafts these guys, but I, I can't see how that would possibly be enough for him. I don't I don't see Giannis staying there. How much longer is it? Was his next year's last year there? I think he's got two more years left. Okay, well, they've still got time, but the way things are going, no effing way. Because Kid, if, if Kid was the biggest, the most solvable piece of the problem, the interim coach didn't solve it, and then it just becomes incumbent on. They have one more hire. Or else he's gone. Yeah. And it's one more hire. Could they try to get a guy like Jeff Van Gundy? There's always rumors of him looking to come back. Is uh, there? I feel like there's always rumors of wouldn't it be interesting if he agreed to a job. I've never felt like he was anywhere remotely close to actually taking one. I feel like I've listened to him on podcasts talk about, yeah, I, I listen and, and I'm always interested in coming back. I think he really enjoyed coaching the whatever the World Cup qualifying team yes. this past year. Um, and then you got a bunch of college guys, which – doesn't have the appeal to Giannis being a Euro guy that that some uh, that that he would for some players. I think Jay Wright, the Villanova coach, is kind of the most rumored guy to be jumping to the NBA. And whether that's 
the Knicks job or Charlotte's job or this Milwaukee job, if it becomes open, is always a rumor. But we'll see. I mean, you've got to do something to entice Giannis to stay, and it's just going to be tough with a smaller media market to to do that, I would imagine. I don't think you're going to see... Um... Especially Jabari's a free agent this year. He's going to try to go for upper teens at least. I don't know if you can do that if you're the Bucks. No, I would have flipped him a while ago if I could have. For... He just kept blowing out his knee. I know. And so you couldn't. You had no value. Right, right. I would be surprised if Jeff Van Gundy ever coach again, coaches again in the NBA because I feel like he's one of those guys who really loves coaching, like high school coaching, roll at the balls, let's teach you know four corners or whatever the fuck that, that stuff is. And I think that I'm completely making all this up. This is based on absolutely nothing that dealing with the ego side, the guys with brands and all that stuff is a big turn off to him. And that stuff hasn't gotten better since he stopped coaching. It's got quite a bit worse. And I think the fact that he went and had a lot of fun coaching a bunch of guys who are D-leaguers just underscores he loved that. Because it was everything. It was the highest level of basketball player you could be with who didn't have all the other garbage. That's true. And I true. think he's really happy as an announcer. So then we think uh, Boston advances. I think that's safe to say, yeah. And we're in, uh, agreed that Cleveland cakewalks Indiana. Very easily, yeah. So I'm willing to go out and say that the Wizards beat the Raptors. That's a big homer in me. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I think the talent for Washington, if, if the rumors that the team actually hates John Wall, I'm hoping those are not true. They're true. Then I think Toronto wins if it's true. I'm hoping it's not true and that John Wall is back and they've just been kind of playing possum coming back from the injury and that they can beat Toronto because I think Wall and Beal match up great with Lowry and DeRozan. I'm just talking my – so I think I have a somewhat a mildly valuable take on all this stuff because I don't watch anything. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I just get to read a lot of tea leaves because I hear a lot of shit. And if the reason – like okay, do you think that the Raptors have failed in the playoffs in the past because they are fundamentally chokers? I just don't think the talent's there. Okay, but you don't believe that they're Ch- chokers? Not really. No. How many teams have we seen across sports who supposedly couldn't get over the hump and then get over the hump? I guess we've also seen quite a few of the Jim Kelly Bills who never get over right. the hump. I don't know that. Even when I listen to hyper-rational Vulcan NBA analysts, the only reason they can come up with to not take the Raptors seriously is because they are the Raptors. And I'm just, I'm willing to open my heart to be broken once again by the Raptors. But does DeRozan improving his game over the course of one summer give them that leap? I thought it was, I don't know, I haven't seen him play a minute. I thought because they have, uh, they're super deep and they have bench guys and shit. Right, and and the question is, do rotations shorten in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and therefore, yeah, when you're playing in an 82-game year where you're not trying to use all the players up over the course of one weekend or one week because you got three games and four nights, yeah, having a deep bench is great. But in the playoffs, Wall, Beal, Porter, Morris, they're going 38, 39, 40 minutes, yeah. not 32. That is true. The rotations shorten. But at the same time, how many times are we going to see a guy, particularly on a championship caliber team, a really deep guy, who is the eighth man on the depth chart, but in a particular series, 
that guy becomes super valuable because there's something about the way they match up with this team. Or so-and-so, who's been their fourth option all year and that's been totally fine, just gets fucking torched because when people really tighten the screws on him, he can't handle it. I, I think the value of depth isn't because you're going to play nine guys in every series. It's because the seven guys you lean on might change and and you never know who's going to be the weird thing hanging off the Swiss army knife that's exactly the guy that you need to get past the wizards or you know through the second round you know like i i mean for the wizards um fucking i saw nene win a series for them one time yeah yeah he, it I can mean, happen. he was it was crazy yeah. but nene would intimidate and score a couple hooks and up and unders around the basket yeah it can happen i just but then you look at so all right toronto's got really great depth a team like Philadelphia doesn't have great depth, but we're giving them – we're allowing the idea that the coaches won't game plan around Ben Ben Simmons and be able to stop him. They've got enough pieces outside of Simmons, and I'm not sure that they do. Well, are, what's your what, – are we talking about the Miami Heat? Just in general. The, well, I think I, it, I mean, just, it just depends people... on the – it depends on the – it depends on how far you go. In the first round, I think – I think it would be pretty crazy to to think that the Wizards are going to beat the Raptors. I respect your right to feel that way as an NBA Paul, analyst. Paul and a Pierce fan. is with me. Now he is a former Wizard for a year. Yeah, and called game in the playoffs against the Raptors. Right, and because it's, I think every guy who has that job every now and again has to say he can't just say the obvious shit every now and again. He's got to take his shots. He's got to stay on TV yeah. by saying something controversial. <laughs> right, and that would be the Wizards, who all hate each other. Beating the Raptors in the first round. Right. We'll see. It'll be interesting. We'll see. Probably not going to happen. Coming out of the East, you still think it's Cleveland? (sighs) I guess. No, damn it. No, it has to stop sometime. It could stop if Kyrie was healthy. Right. Boy, it is a shame. It would have been really, you know, the, the Celtics, for reasons I've made clear here, every time we have this conversation are going to be a thorn in my side for a decade to come. But that's one time I would have been rooting really hard for them. That would have been pretty terrific because it was so perfect. It's not just, it's not always like fun to watch when the two guys who squabbled are on different teams and the one guy's getting the revenge, but the guy he's getting the revenge on has like this shitty team and it's not really, you almost feel bad for the guy in, in this case, every Cleveland team is the bed LeBron made. You sleeping in the bed that you made. So if Kyrie had left town, it it it's partially the blood is on LeBron's hands, and he he made a wise decision with the organization that he went to. And if he goes back and plays LeBron and the Larry Nance All Stars, that's on that team is on LeBron. And yeah, they really might have fucking won. And it's you know it's just not going to happen. When you see the Celtics play as a Nets fan, are you just like, damn it, that could have been one of my guys. I've never gone quite that far because it's, you know, these picks move around so much and people trade up and trade down and who would we have have even taken? No, I keep on coming back to one of the the straws that I grasp at is what was it? Uh they 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 the Celtics offered like three first round picks for Justice Winslow. Yeah, and then there was also like a crazy Frank Kaminsky like yeah. offer of like four picks for him. But yeah, the Justice Winslow one that's is, what I come back to is that they could have fucked up the whole thing yeah. if they just gotten. And that's why you know, it, no matter, it, it, it always takes luck. I did see a headline though: Jeremy Lin going to come back as a completely new player next year for the Nets. Man, he's such a dud. I listened to him on Zach Lowe's. 
podcast and he had trouble sustaining a conversation for a half an hour. Was he at like Sloan and interviewed there? He was promoting some app or something. So they had to talk about the app. It was just obviously they had and they did it right up front and it was torturous. Let's get this out of the way. And then it was, you know, a couple of minutes on Lynn Sanity and then everything comes back to, you know, I don't have any problem with athletes who are religious, but when your answer to every single question about anything can simply be answered by the Lord, then it makes you very not interesting to listen to. I mean, when your season is fucked because Jeremy Lin goes down, as I've said before, that's that's you don't belong in the NBA. How much did you keep up with the Nets during the year? Like, was D'Angelo Russell... A bus. I know he got injured a couple games into the season. I've, I'll answer your question. I follow Spencer Dinwiddie on Twitter. Okay, fair enough. So I hope that following Spencer Dinwiddie is a fun follow on Twitter, not something that I'm going to do, but I'm still just looking for a, if it's not Cleveland, who is it in the East for you? If you got to say the Raptors. Wow. So Cleveland, so Toronto. I know, beats- I, mean, I know, I know. I'm not trying to just say shit for the sake of it. I think, I don't. It's at some point there's got to be some team you can put around Cleveland that isn't good enough to get out of the East. At some point, the Raptors have to perform up to, if not above, hopes and expectations. And based on regular season performance, they've been there a lot. Like I don't know, or the fucking Sixers. I mean, I know this is just like my ennui with LeBron speaking, but yeah, somebody's gonna beat him. There, I said it. But it doesn't matter because the Rockets gonna beat whoever comes out. I can do without seeing Drake for six weeks uh, on the Toronto sidelines talking shit to the players. So I'm okay if it's Cleveland or Philly or, or Washington. Yeah, or Washington, right? Uh, the, on the, the West, the AC that's done the world. I, I'm I got to each, each other. They hate each other, but they're going to unite against uh, Cleveland and Toronto, and then Philadelphia uh, on the Western Conference. Season ended crazy. I mean, you were looking at... Once again, we've made it like two-thirds of the way through this before talking about the only conference that matters. Maybe in the future, let's start talking about the West. Start with the West? Yeah, go ahead. So you were looking at uh, seeds three through ten, Mm -hmm. kind of all within a game or two of each other. Yep. It shook out how most people expected. The seeds aren't necessarily as everybody expected, but um, 1-8 is, of course, the Rockets in Minnesota. Jimmy Butler's back. Minnesota had a big overtime win over Denver in the last game of the season to make the playoffs. I did watch. I did. I, I watched the most of the third, fourth quarter, and overtime of that. Super entertaining. Jimmy Butler back from injury looked a little tired. Carl Anthony Towns is incredible, uh-huh. but Jokic is he's the man. I, I love yeah. watching him play. It's too I, bad that they couldn't. I don't, and I don't know what you do if you're Denver, but because you've got a bunch of young guys that you got to pay. But they're such a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Too bad they don't make the playoffs. But it's just too Minnesota. bad that there's there's so many teams that are so good. Because I, I got wrapped up in the because I read more about stuff than actually watch it. I got caught up in Minnesota versus Denver, and both these teams are so good and have so many interesting players and yada yada yada. And I'm watching it, and I I definitely felt like I was watching. And it just sound like a dick, but I was watching two teams play for the eight seed. Like nobody should be scared of the Jimmy Butler led Timberwolves. You shouldn't be scared of them, but is there an opportunity for Carl Anthony Towns to shut down Capella for Houston and a guy like 
people always question whether Chris Paul will come through in the playoffs. There is he... why, why do people always question that? Has he really? He's had some ridiculously, ludicrously great. Are we? Uh, there have uh, been injuries mm-hmm. also that have affected the Clippers when Chris Paul was leading those teams in the playoffs. But I just I, I forget. Are there a bunch of like choke moments from Chris Paul? I'm not thinking of because the fact that he's never made it to the conference finals. Are we saying that that's because there is something fundamentally deficient about Chris Paul? And I thought he was more of almost a victim of that. But I think you look at him, at least for the past couple of years, as a top 10, maybe top 5 player. Uh-huh. And the expectations are players of that ilk will be able to take over a game, particularly in the playoffs, and lead their team to victory. That has never occurred in a Chris Paul-led team. Now, yeah. he's not leading the Rockets. That's James Harden. And yeah. there are questions concerning Harden after last year's fiasco with the with the Spurs. I have more questions about James Harden than I do about Chris Paul, and I don't have many questions about James Harden. Look, the way that I look at the Chris Paul thing is like, if you're talking about the second round of the playoffs, two really good teams play each other and one loses every time. And it, the math would suggest that Chris Paul would be closer to 400, 500 or something, but I, I just don't read it as an indictment of him. I watched him put the dagger through the heart of the Spurs in person and that was a guy who could murder you at the highest possible stage somebody has to lose these games and unfortunately it's been chris paul over and over and over. well not all that unfortunately i'm not the hugest fan of the man but so you don't see uh houston having any trouble with minnesota even though minnesota would have the town they were a three seed for the first half of the season right then they fell right. apart roughly kind of inexplicably in in the ballpark of if the Spurs had got Kawhi back in the last week of the season you don't you just throw out whatever the regular season was because Jimmy Butler's back and he looked great in the last game yeah it's just it's a tough it's an interesting matchup in the sense that Minnesota was so good mm-hmm. early on in the season then fell off mm-hmm. and stumbled i mean they were two wins away from being the three seed again at the end of the year so how much does seeding in the west make a difference three through eight they are the eight seed yeah um i feel like the 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 timberwolves without jimmy butler are whatever they are they're a solid middle of the road nba team with him they're like a four seed out of the west and that would be very compelling if the case were not that the rockets will also murder whoever the fourth seed is in the west Fourth seed in the West is Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. They get Utah, which expectations for Utah going into the season, not very high. Of course, Donovan Mitchell was incredible as a rookie and exceeded all expectations. Not Ben Simmons is. Well, that's true. Yeah. But Ben Simmons isn't a rookie, so we can have that discussion <laughs> and wear sweatshirts all around the office uh, with the definition of what rookie is or whatever. Um, if, if you want, as that seems to be Donovan Mitchell's new bit. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been incredible. Carmelo, not so good. No. Does Oklahoma City, I would think Oklahoma City breezes through Utah. But Utah has been surprising people for the past two months. Not even surprising people anymore. Yeah. But they were somewhat surprising for two, two and a half months. Okay, I have a friend who I think bet $100 on the the Thunder to win the championship because I think they are 50-1, to one, and he just thought that that was... Is it in the realm of possibility that the Thunder could win the NBA championship? He's like, yeah, for for the, at those odds. If I were a betting man, I would love to bet both on the Thunder winning the championship and the Thunder losing to the Jazz. Because I do, I think either are possible. It's a possibility. Yeah, I can't see Westbrook 
letting Rubio go off on that team and helping lead the Jazz to the win, though. But it's not about the head-to-head matchup. I think for Westbrook, it is. But it it's not. It, and I'm looking at round two. Yeah, Westbrook and Chris Paul is like a, well, a that's, fun match. That's that's different. Just Rubio is a facilitator. You don't really shut down. Uh, like yeah, Westbrook's going to play better than Ricky Rubio. Duh. That doesn't really make any difference. Westbrook's probably not. Is Westbrook even defending Rubio? He might guard. Oh, Paul George. Is there somebody? Yeah, is there somebody worse who's a perimeter player? Because that's the answer to your question. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, Joe Ingles is, but he's like a small forward. Right. It, okay. I yeah. mean, Utah. No. Just so, runs so you a funky you lineup. you would be putting Paul George on on Ricky if, if if Joe Ingles is the next name out of your mouth. I'm... Well, it would be. I think you'd have Paul George guard Donovan Mitchell, and I yes. think Westbrook would guard Rubio. Right. And then Jeremy Grant or Mello when he's in. Would guard, I don't know. I mean, Utah is going against convention and running out Gobert, Derek Favors, a couple other bigs that aren't as – you don't see that lineup across a lot of the NBA anymore. Yeah. That's pros and cons to that. Well, they're just playing to the guys that they have. Right, and, and Gobert should probably win the Defensive Player of the Year again. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing watching compilation clips of players that just pull up and try to hit teardrops over him or runners because they can't actually get to the hoop. And so it'll be interesting to see. I just think there's no shot Oklahoma City loses to Utah. It'll be fun to watch Adams and Gobert go at it. That's true. Down low because each man gives no quarter or whatever the hell. The... And not a very fluid offensive player from each of them. So it'll be very awkward. And oh, I love the, I love and... the Stephen Adams offensive experience. <laughs> it is a little awkward. Uh, on the other side of the bracket in the Western Conference, Portland and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Somewhat surprising that both those teams made it. Um, Portland has been defying expectations for years. They probably don't get the recognition they deserve being in the Northwest. Dame, amazing, had to fight to get in the All-Star team. C.J. McCollum, great. Uh, the other big Euro, not Jokic, but Nursic. Nerf, Ner, Nurkic? Ner, or is it Nurkic? a Nurkic or a Jokic? Jokic and Nurkic? Nurkic, the one with the N. Uh Plays for Portland. He's great. <laughs> you won't get this anywhere else. Nope. Nope. That is a hard-hitting analysis. And then the Pelicans, just whatever Anthony Davis wants to do, he can do on the basketball court. And mm-hmm. it's tragic that they lost to Marcus Cousins, right. how they did. But Is that a 3-6? Three, 3-6. Three, six? Three, six. And I'm assuming the Trailblazers are favored? They are. Yeah. Maybe it's time for Anthony Davis to ascend to, he, could, he could do like a 40, 18, and yeah. 8 type series. Maybe it is time for... if I feel like if there's going to be an upset, that feels a little potentially upsetty. It's With tough. all due respect to the Trailblazers. Well, of course, yeah, the Trailblazers are favorite. Uh, favorite. If you had to bet, yes, of course, the Trailblazers should beat the Hornets. But would it shock you if Anthony Davis just went absolutely bananas and, and won a series kind of... By himself, it wouldn't it wouldn't blow me away. It feels like this season has been sort of building to something like that for him. That makes sense, and it's not a one eight. You know, it's 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 got, it's, it's it, not the Rockets. It's not the Warriors. They were separated by one win, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not inconceivable yep. to, to think that that would happen. Yep, I probably, think it's going to happen. Probably inconceivable to think that the Spurs would beat Golden State. 
Boy. Unless Kawhi somehow comes back I, on was, Saturday. Was Pop ever clear on, because it's so funny, I did a lot of homework into this because we had tickets. We got tickets at Christmas to see the Spurs play the Clippers, never ever imagining Kawhi wouldn't be back by then, barring unforeseen physical circumstances. And so I'm like, wait, what What the fuck is actually going on? Why am I not seeing, why am I getting uh, whoever the hell they're running out there at Kawhi Leonard prices, you know? And Kyle Anderson isn't Kawhi Light for you on the Spurs? I love the Spurs, and I love their, their depth, and I love their young guys. And the, the Spurs are such that if you, if you like them, and you know who kind of doesn't at this point, when they have some guy out there who doesn't look like he belongs on the floor based on name recognition or reputation, you're like, oh, cool, let's see what this guy can do, because I bet they've been building him in the lab for the last couple of years. They're not yeah, just he's doing... He's been stashed over in Lithuania for three years. Yeah, let's yeah. see what this guy's all about, because it's just happened over and over again. But Pop said... Well, obviously, there's a line in the sand that you pass where it's just over for Kawhi and you can't come back even if you want to come back. Did he ever define what that date was? Is that date after the NBA Finals? Because I'm under the impression that Kawhi could still show up and play. That's what I'm thinking as well. Now, I read an article last night from like the San Diego Tribune, which talked about having the writer had a relationship with Kawhi when he was in college and then was hoping to get like media credentials to, to see the Spurs play. The Spurs denied him those credentials because they knew of the close relationship. And so the article was talking about how it's a fractured relationship between the two, and he doesn't expect Kawhi to return next year or any time in the future with the Spurs and will be demanding that trade. Man, that's just another guy like Durant. I have to retroactively look back and and not enjoy the things I enjoyed about him as as much as I did because I feel like I have a different measure of the man now. I feel like we're I'm gonna have to do that with Kawhi retroactively. All the shit he did was not as cool. But I still think that there's like a ten percent chance he somehow shows up at some point. So he supposedly went back to New York for further rehab yes. with specialists. Excellent doctors in New York. And that's kind of the last we heard of it. We yeah. don't know. I mean, supposedly he was also practicing with the team. And, I don't think and, that's supposed. And three on three, through, yeah. four on four, playing well, and then it just got shut down again. And the the concern that he had was he didn't feel like the explosiveness in his left leg or right leg, whichever one it was, ever got back to pre-injury, and so he didn't want to risk it. But, man, like, if he wakes up Monday morning after the first game, is like, I feel like I can go. No Steph Curry for Golden State. You like, got a chance to. You be, have to run him out there. That's right? what I'm saying. You got. I'm all. I'm, I'm all for guys, you, you know, prolonging their careers and not doing anything stupid. But you're like 26 years old, and you can beat the Warriors. If you can, if you can go, you got to go. If you can give them 10 minutes, you got to do it. it. Like, I know why the Spurs can't ask for their money back because that unfortunately would give them that would be a black mark on them throughout the league for future guys and all, you know, free agents. But like. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't give them their money back. Especially if Tony Parker's going to be like, yeah, my injury was 100 times worse. Yeah. And I came back in February. Somebody who I find credible has got to back Kawhi's side of this. It's Yeah, it's tough. I mean, for him to be a free agent in two years, he can sign that Supermax five-year, $220 million or whatever deal this year with the Spurs. If you just feel like your leg is super weak and you don't want to risk it, like I get it, but I feel like he's got to at least talk a little bit about it. And that just hasn't taken place. Or travel place. with the team. Yeah. No, that's true. It's fucking weird, dude. It's just, it's just I can't. It's, it's very, very weird. So 
But the Spurs, no shot against Golden State's like seven and ten in their last seven. No, I think the Spurs are going to beat Golden State. All right. Well, that would be a huge. Upset I think this in the, okay in the first round. I think that if 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 I'm taking my shots uh, at something crazy that just might happen. I believe that when the books are written about the Warriors, they will say this was the year that it all set in. Everything they've been doing for their, I don't want to say running on fumes or whatever, but privately they are saying we are going to try to flip the switch and we are not sure what will happen when we flip the switch. We are not confident. I think, but I think they know. I think I'm, I'm with you the first half of that statement. Yeah. But I think they have complete confidence in their ability to, yeah, we'll drop 130 in the first game of the playoffs against the Spurs and let up 95 points. Like, I, I, I would see, I would, I would be surprised if they have any doubt in their ability to flip that switch. I think Steve Kerr, I think when they win the championship, Steve Kerr will be like, I'll be honest with you, man. There were definitely some times where I wasn't sure that who, who we were going to be in the spring just because of the accumulated mileage. That's just a theory. But do you think Durant feels that way? Draymond feels that way? Clay? Yes. I, I, oh, uh, do they all feel that way? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I don't know them well enough to know. Maybe deep down inside they suspect it, but I don't. Maybe the way that they are put together as people, they're not very honest with themselves. I don't. I don't know. I just know that this is what ha- I'm basing this on. What Steve Kerr has said about the Jordan teams. About it just got really. It doesn't matter how awesome you are at basketball or how great your championship mindset is. There's physical limitations, and when you are when you have a bullseye on your, uh, no pun intended, on your back for four straight years, at a certain point, the strain becomes too much to potentially rise above when there are other teams who want it so fucking bad, like the Rockets. I just find it tough to think that Golden State likely playing Portland in the second round, maybe New Orleans, I think that's a possibility. Right. Like that that doesn't scare me as a matchup either. No, I think the Spurs would be the team to beat them out of the first two. And I don't actually think that's going to happen, but I'll be rooting hard for it. But I think the Rockets will beat them. And then you're going to get either Oklahoma City or the Rockets, but you don't have to face both of those teams in the Western Conference Finals. Like I wouldn't, I like I wouldn't the think they'd be very – I think that strong organizational teams will feast on on the Thunder. Do you think they a strong organization, organizational team would feast on the Rockets? Because there are questions over defense on that team, and that would be a question that you'd have about Oklahoma City as well. I guess it's it's like about your ceiling in your basement, and I think that the Thunder potentially have a holy fucking shit. Paul George can't get out of here fast enough. Basement, and I'm not. I don't think the Rockets have that. I know, yeah, if, if James Harden weirdly stops playing basketball for 10 minutes, then then sure they do. I just don't expect that to happen again. I don't think he's he's got enough of a of a of a good track record for me to be willing to believe that he's not going to do something like that again. So you're looking Rockets Raptors NBA Finals. <laughs> no, it's going to be the Rockets the Rockets and the Cavs and then the Rockets will win pretty easily, right? I I I would find it hard to bet against the Warriors. Yeah, I know. And I hate that. But I also like watching them play, so I'm not mad at watching a Warriors. I'd prefer if it wasn't Cleveland. I'd yeah. love like a Warriors-Sixers NBA Finals. Yeah, sure. I'd love anything different. I wonder, and this is going to be a weird question, but I wonder who my wife will be rooting for in the NBA Finals because we were always Warriors people and always LeBron haters, and then she at first privately and then not so secretly let me know that she was a little bit tired of Draymond Green and 
that Steph had gone from cute to arrogant. And if the Warriors were to play the Cavs again, I I don't want to say it's so shitty to talk about female fans and be like, oh, they're more into the narrative, but she's just more of a casual fan. She really, really likes it and she understands what's going on and shit, but, uh, um, and she cares about the deeper, she'll let me go pretty Zach Lowe on her and still pretend that she's interested. (laughs) But fundamentally, it's just not as central to her life as it is to me. So she'll kind of be like, oh, who do I like here? You know, which is which is cool. And can you like this? Can my wife like this Cavs team? Can my wife like this Warriors team? I mean, I don't think my wife can like James Harden and Chris Paul. It's a pretty unlikable saga narrative for people who aren't like hardcore basketball people. The likable teams would be like Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, sure. Milwaukee. Portland. Oh, if somebody comes, if there's like a Cinderella in the NBA Finals, that's not a hard. That's then everybody should be rooting for them. I mean, Cleveland's turning on Cleveland. They booed Tristan Thompson because of the whole Chloe thing at their last game. That is ridiculous. Flat out boos when he entered the game. How are these Kardashian signs, girls still signs still surprised? We love you, Chloe. We're, we're bought, signs in the Cleveland. Bought arena. and paid for. That is WWE shit. I refuse to believe otherwise. Gotta get rid of that Kardashian curse before the playoffs start. What's a Kardashian curse? If when you're dating a Kardashian, you don't win a championship. And not that that's helped Harden since he dumped Chloe or Chloe dumped him, but there is a supposed Kardashian curse. Reggie Bush, those type of players. <laughs> oh, right. Because everything was lined up for Reggie Bush otherwise. Yeah. No, coming out of USC, he was going to be the next great running back. He was the perfect size to play in the <laughs> NFL. 5'8", <laughs> uh, yeah, 185 pounds. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> everything was going perfect for Reggie Bush. Built to withstand the uh, rigors of the NFL. <laughs> and then here comes the Kardashians. All right, so you got the Warriors, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're probably Warriors-Wizards. Right. <laughs> 